0: Okay. Well, as you see behind me on the screen, we're going to be talking about judgment. I know Troy's been talking about difficult patches, passages. Uh, this one, I think, is going to be a difficult one. Um, I know it was challenging for me as I was reviewing and and uh, preparing for it. So, I just want to start off thinking about uh, thinking about some things. Let's make sure I'm pushing the right buttons. When I think about judgment, I Uh, There's lots of different things that I I think about. You see the guy guys looking at that car. I I think about Bob Winland. Y'all may remember him. Uh, Him and Robin were members here for a while. He is a big car car guy, uh, part of the Mustang Club of America, uh, president of the chapter where he's at there in Tennessee now, and goes around all over the country uh, to car shows. He was here uh, maybe two months ago or so doing a car show, and was telling me about how he was looking at these cars and, and judging them. And he talked about one of the cars that, that he was uh, looking at. It was a really old car. Uh, and had uh, the owner had taken very little care of it. Pretty much had just put it in a, a warehouse. Probably not even uh, uh, air conditioned, just in a warehouse. And then he brought it to the show and he didn't even wash it. It <laughs> just parked it. And let him look at it, and uh Bob was telling me that the guy had multiple cars, and so I guess this one was just one he didn't really wasn't too worried about, but bob was he was a little confused as to how to judge it, but that's that's one way of judging and then we uh then we consider who wins first prize that's always the goal, but it's always a judgment call. you know Bob had to make a decision about okay which cars uh the better one of these these group that i'm looking at which one is the best which one is least best and he had to make that judgment call then you think about these vultures and i had somebody tell me the other day as we were driving by a group of vultures that were sitting on the ground they were just sitting there and they this person said you know i really don't like vultures (laughs) i said yeah no one does and they were like well it's not that i don't like what they do or what they're about, but when they look at me, it just seems like they're judging me. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, so I, that's what had popped up when I got this assignment from Troy. But then you think about that gavel. You think about that courtroom where you are, someone has to go into and that person is sitting up there making a determination as to how the proceedings need to go. They're guiding the jury if there's a jury involved or they're guiding the decision that's being made. They're the ones that are making uh, making sure that all the laws are being followed. They're making sure that all the process is being done correctly. Uh, They're guiding the process. They're not actually always making the decisions. Uh, If you've ever been in court, that's a place where uh, the judge isn't always the final say. Sometimes they're the ones that are guiding the jury. The jury is the one that has the final say, but they're the ones that are determining uh, if the attorneys are acting appropriately or if they're presenting uh, the information in an appropriate manner or if they're uh, stepping out of line or if they're uh, able to, when the people are able to speak and not speak. There's lots of things that go into that judgment. But I think about Matthew. <clears throat> if you read up here, Matthew 7, 1 through 5, Uh That's the passage where we're going to be. If you want to pull that out, that's where we're going to stay pretty much the whole time. We'll be looking at other passages, as you can see on your your flyer there. But I want to read that to you. And I can't read that one back there, so I'm going to turn around. Judge not that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in the brother's eye? but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Obviously, there's a lot in there. There's a lot that we're going to kind of talk about as we go through this. I want to start with looking at what no one likes. No one likes to be judged. No one likes to be considered uh, condemned. They don't want to be have condemnation brought upon them. They don't want to be the one that's uh, proclaimed to be the murderer in that jury, and so they're being condemned to death possibly. They don't want to be the one that uh, that was convicted of some sort of abuse, and so they're being condemned and being put in prison. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be the one that's uh, on the receiving end of God's justice when he looks at us and sees our sin and uh, and determines that those things that we did were, that were wrong deserve death as well, because that's the condemnation that, that Scripture is very clear uh, that we have. Nobody wants criticism, in my job, I get inspectors that come periodically and look at uh, the vehicles that we're working on. They come in and and they look at uh, the estimate that I've written, and and then they look at the car, and then they look at me and they say, well, this says this, but the tech didn't do that. Or the estimate says this, but why didn't you do it this way? Or the estimate says this, and I think you should have done it this way. And I'm sure that you and your job, you have similar criticism that you get. That's a little challenging sometimes. When somebody's coming in and questioning your work, when somebody's coming in and criticizing the decisions that you've made. If you've had children, as I look around the room, a lot of you have children. Uh, You get criticism from them. Oh, well, why did you make that for dinner? Or... Why did you, you know, uh, why are you, you know, telling me I can't do this or that or the other, or why are you punishing me this way because, you know, I, I you know, did something? You get that criticism. Nobody wants that. <coughs> Denunciation. Nobody wants to be on that receiving end of, uh, of that, being pushed away. I, I'm no longer. I, I think about people uh, like John Batchelber, uh who came from another faith tradition, and moving to Christianity from that faith tradition, his family went through a process, I'm sure, of pushing him away, uh, possibly. That's very possible. And a lot of times when people choose Christianity over some other faith tradition, then they get that same denunciation from, from their family. That's hard. It's hard to know that. Uh, I, I've have had friends that were no longer willing to talk to their family because they were uh, the families were acting inappropriately, and when they were brought when it was brought to their attention uh, that they needed to act differently, the family basically pushed them away. It's hard. Nobody wants that <clears throat> disapproval. I talked about children earlier. It's hard. It's hard when you're disciplining your child and they are responding to you in a way that's hurtful and hateful because they don't know any other way. And you have to teach them. You have to walk through that process with them of of learning both how to discipline them and helping them learn how to be disciplined and change their activity. But that disapproval is hard to deal with. And censure. We'll talk about this later on. Uh, one of the things that we do sometimes when somebody is no longer acting as a Christian, sometimes we will ask, we will ask the congregation to pull away from them. And that censure, that's hard. That's, that's really hard. And I know has done some lessons on that. These are all things that, these are all concepts that are all built around that judgment. Uh, when I looked up uh, synonyms for judgment, these were all the words that came up. And are there are several others but these are the ones that really hit a note for me so we're going to keep talking about this what is judge not the first two verse, verses of uh, two words of this verse because it would help if I was there judge not what does this mean it's not an explanation it's not an exclamation notice there's no exclamation mark coming It just says, judge not. And who's talking here? Obviously, it's Jesus. Uh, I didn't make it red up there, but I might should have. It's Jesus talking. It's right pretty close to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And he's already been talking about all these things, attitudes. And just before this, he's talking about uh, not being anxious and letting, uh, letting go of that desire to be in control. Wanting, know, allowing God to be the one that provides, which is so hard for us sometimes. And now he says, judge not. And I think he's saying it in a gentle way. There's no exclamation exclamation point there. I can't say that word tonight. There's no uh, fierceness in his voice, I don't believe. It's simply judge not or don't judge. Do not judge. It's not ambiguous. It's very specific. We'll talk about the term in a minute here, the Greek term. It's not ambiguous, it's very specific. Do not make judgments. And we're gonna go into that a little bit more in detail here in a minute. It's also personal. He's not saying it in a general form of do not. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. You do not be judgmental. Don't judge. You, Clay Tidwell. <clears throat> it's also universal. It's for all of us. He's, also, he's saying this Sermon on the Mount, not just for the people that were sitting in front of him, not just for the 12 disciples, not just for his three closest, for all of us. It's also final. Judge not. He goes on to explain, but that's it. Judge not. So what does the word mean? Judge. Anybody know how to read that? I thought Alan might be in here, but he's not in here to read it. Uh, Crino knows how it's pronounced. Uh, I studied it a long time ago. Really, it's positive. It's a positive term. It's a positive judgment, and it, the emphasis is on being positive in the way that you judge. It's also there it goes. It's also negative. It has a negative connotation as well. It really goes both ways. Alpha and the Omega. It's both sides, not just one. It's not just positive. It's not just negative. But judge, judge not this I found very interesting. The whole verse, the whole, that whole part of the verse, judge not, that you know may not be judged. When you read it in the Greek, it looks like that. If you look at it, the word, the second word there, the uh, K-R-I-V-E-T-E, and it's uh, in a different form at the end. But notice how it's flowing through there. When you actually break it down, it literally means do not pass judgment so that that very judgment is not your judgment. When I looked at the Greek, I was kind of surprised at the way that we actually translated, it, because this would be a more accurate translation when you go look at the Greek form of the words. And think about the way that it's phrased there. Do not pass judgment so that that judgment that you're passing is not the judgment with which you are being judged. So much more, there's so much more passion there, I think. And if you hear Jesus saying that, think about the things that he's been saying all through these two chapters before the whole Sermon on the Mount, all, those, all that passion that he's put into this sermon. And now he comes to close to the end, and he's saying, judgment is not something to be taken lightly. Judgment is not something that you should just be sliding into as easily as often we do. We do it all the time. We see that vulture sitting on the side of the road, and he's looking at us. And we are, you know, this is on like he might be looking at us over his glasses. He's, he's making that judgment on us. Or that judge sitting up there on the top, uh, on the, on his, with his gavel up there, about to pronounce judgment. He does pronounce the judgment, but the judgment all the, a lot of times is made by the jury. God, he's the one that's going to pronounce the real judgment but we do it all the time, don't we? You walk into some place and you're greeted in a way that's not necessarily friendly and you're immediately making a judgment about that person or about that uh, place of business or about that uh, interaction that you're about to have. You immediately do that. I do. If you don't, man, you need to teach me how not to because... That's, that's something that I feel like is, is very n- kind of natural for us. You see a person walking off the street, maybe even in here, it's all dirty, obviously hasn't bathed in a while. You immediately make a judgment. Or you see them walk in with a three-piece suit and their hair's all made up and their, and their nails are done and they have fancy clothes they're expensive on. You make a judgment. We all do that. It's natural. It's what we do. It's, it's just who we are. But we need to think about this. Do not pass judgment so that that very judgment that you're passing is not the judgment with which you are judged. So let's think about this some more. <clears throat> this verse is not telling us several things. You're going to see all these verses on your, on your handouts. <clears throat> the first one there is... It's not just telling us. Put that down here. It's not just telling us about um, condemnation. It's telling us. It's not telling us about condemning false teachers. We are to condemn false teachers, and that passage is very specific about how you do that. If someone's passing, if someone's passing on. Uh, those false teachings. It's right here the, at the last part of the verse, the chapter that we're in right now. It's still in the same Sermon on the Mount. It's still Jesus still talking, and he's saying, "There's going to be false teachers that are coming, and you're going to need to to confront them." It's not teaching about some who are willing to not accept Christ. Also in the same. Passage, just right immediately following this. Jesus is going to say there's going to be some people that are going to not accept what you're teaching them. And that's all right. Let God be the judge for that. That's not your place to be that judge. There are others, and we mentioned this earlier, there are some who are living in sin. And we're not to be the ones that are judging them. God's going to be the one that judges them. And there are several passages there that bring out those, that, the meat of how we deal with that. We need to love them. Yes, darling. We We need to love on them, and we need to show them the right way back to God. But we don't need to confront them and condemn them, pass judgment on them. Very good, and, and you made a very good point there. I'm not sure I can summarize all that, but uh, basically what I get from that is, uh, if y'all didn't hear, was that we're, we're not really be the ones sitting on in the judgment seat. We're the ones that are to be more, and the word he used was just dis- discernment or to discern uh, so that we can help them learn where they need to be, show them the way back. Like I said, and I think we're kind of saying the same thing, we're, we're not be the one sitting up there banging the gavel, making the determination of who's going to be condemned. We're on the jury. We're the ones that review the evidence and see what they're doing and help them along the way back, hopefully. So, good point, Doug. Thank you. <clears throat> kind of going along that same point. We are to be helping those people walk back to Christ. We're to help restore those people. We're not to condemn them. And it's that, that, kind of that same point that you were mentioning, where you encourage people to come back to Christ. And I mentioned earlier, there's times when someone is living in sin, professing to be a Christian, professing to be a brother and sister among us. And just like in 1 Corinthians, when Paul brought out uh, the man living in adultery, we are, to, we are to sometimes pull away from that person and it, I thought Tori did a really good job of teaching that uh, recently, how we're not shaming them, we're not condemning them, we're pulling away so that they can understand that we can't be in their presence because of the, sin, the sinful life that they refuse to step out of. I look around the room, and I don't see anybody here that's perfect. So, and I, for one, will tell you that I'm absolutely not perfect. We all sin. But it's that living in that sinful lifestyle that's different. And when, we, when we're when we confronted, when we're asked to, to make that change, if we're not willing to make that change, that's when God's going to step in and, and make that judgment, not us. And the last is to caution those who are causing division. Paul is very specific in multiple places about, about people that are going to be coming in and causing division. And there's going to be people that come in and cause Uh, strife and irritation and frustration and we are to try to avoid that but we're not necessarily trying to condemn them for that and the last is to refuse fellowship Uh, this is a touchy issue and that's that's I'm just gonna leave it at that and let let y'all look at the passage and make your determination Uh, like I said it's on the on the handout This verse does not teach. I'm not sure why that would pulled up so far in that way. This verse does teach. First off, the judgment is normal for us mere mortals. And I mentioned that earlier. We all walk into the place and hear somebody grumbling a greeting to us that you know is in a bad mood. And so they're not treating us nicely. And we make an immediate judgment about that. We all do that. It's normal. And Jesus understands that. For with the judgment that you have pronounced, you will be judged. He's cautioning us. Don't just let your mere mortalness, if that's a a way of saying it, be the way that you live your life. Remember how we phrased it at the beginning do not judge so that the judgment with which you're judging is not the judgment that you receive. Think about that as we go through these. You have to change. You're not just a mere mortal. You're Christ's bride. Judgment will come toward us. We're going to be judged all the time. I get judged all the time. My kids, my boss, the guys driving down the street next to me. We're all judged all the time. We're going to get judgment. We're going to people have people confront us because they think that uh, we've done something against them. We've, with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. I'm just. We're going through the passage line by line here. We're not just mere mortals. We're Christians. We're Christ's bride. There's going to be confrontation that comes toward us. We're going to have. <clears throat> We're going to have judgment that comes against us. And we have to react in a way that's the proper way. Instead of letting that measure of judgment that's being passed on to us, we have to pass on a different measure of judgment. Remember how Christ responded when they confronted him? Remember how Christ acted when they judged him? When he stood in front of Pilate, he didn't even speak. We have to have a measure about ourselves. Self-reflection is required. You have to be able to hold up a mirror to yourself when you're out in the world, when you're in front of your spouse, when you're in front of your children, when you're by yourself and reflect on the things that you're making judgments about. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't even notice the log that's in your own eye? How often do we, and I'll put myself up here, how often do I stand in judgment of somebody that, while they're doing this, that, or the other? I I think I could do that better. I, I think I could hit that baseball and, and run around the bases a lot better than uh, Altuve could. No. I definitely couldn't hit it, hit it in the home, in, in the park home run like, uh, was it Springer that did last night, whoever it was? Couldn't, I couldn't do that. I love baseball. I love softball. I, love, I play as much as I can. But I can't play like that. But how often do I compare myself to them? How often do I look at my brother and sister and think, oh, well, I I know that they're living in sin. I know that they have this one thing that they're doing, and I'm better than them. How often do I do that? We need to make sure that we are having the proper self-reflection so that we are the ones that are taking the log out of our eye before we make any judgment about anybody else's. this is where that last one comes in, challenging others to be like Christ, to be Christ-like, is required. Notice how I phrase that. Challenging others to be Christ-like is required. It's not just something to be considered. It's not just something that we should think about. It's not just something that we should do on Sundays and Wednesdays or You know, when I'm around somebody, my job and your job is to make those that are around us that are members of the body, my job is to help you be a better Christian. Let me take the speck out of your eye. Let me help you. I got to take the one out of my eye first. I got to make sure that I'm not clouding the picture by messing things up <laughs> with my own stuff, but I need to come alongside you and help you. Maybe I've been through that. Maybe I had that same sort of difficulty in, in my life, and I can walk alongside you, and I can help you walk along that path and guide you toward Christ rather than far too often I see people and Facebook is a good place for this where they walk alongside somebody grumbling and complaining <laughs> piling on to all the bad stuff I actually had a friend that posted something the other day uh, he's a kind of a co-worker about a bad situation that was going on at his work and another co-worker sent me the post privately even sitting it on Facebook but he posted he sent me the post and sent it to me and and was kind of wanting to pile on about it. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I I don't know exactly what's going on with my friend that made the post because I don't work in the same building with him. But I said, I'm not going to pile on because my Christ-likeness, I need to help them be more like Christ. And so I'm not going to pile on. But that's far too often that's what we want to do. Because it feels good. It feels good to vent. It feels good to, to express that uh, that frustration. <clears throat> Some more. This verse does teach that we are. This self correction and discipline are required. I talked about the self reflection earlier. Notice I use the word here: self correction. Not just looking at and recognizing. Okay, well I have a whole list of things here that I do wrong. Well, now what do I do to correct those things? How many times am I making a list and making sure that I'm changing those things about the way that I act? Here's what Jesus says about it. First, take that log out of your own eye. First, I'm going to make those changes in my life. First, I'm going to walk through that focused on Christ focused on doing the right thing, making the proper changes, then I can help somebody else with that. And then Jesus says, do not be a hypocrite. I don't know why that says, first take the log out of your own eye, but he says, Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. He says it plain right there and uh, Verse 5. You hypocrite. And he's talking to me. Because of all those judgments that I make. Because of all those decisions that I make that are putting me in that position to not be like Christ. Don't do that. Don't be that hypocrite. Change the correction right above it. Action is required to keep discipline. Anybody who's ever been physically active and stops being physically active, that building back up of that, those muscles takes so long. The atrophy and the, the degeneration of those muscles takes no time at all. <laughs> that discipline of continually keeping those muscles active and keeping them uh, moving and keeping them active will help you maintain, will help you continue to be strong. But if you stop, I, if you've ever broken a bone and had to have a, a cast, those muscles that are inside that cast that you can't move as well, shrink and sometimes you even have to go get a smaller cast because your muscles shrink well same thing goes with if you've ever had surgery that recovery of having to walk or having to use that muscles that you haven't used in a long time and I think you know Stan the testify I think that once you've had surgery they get you up right immediately the same day sometimes even and it used to be uh, in, you know, back in the day, as they say, they oh, you need to rest for you know however long. Not anymore. They've realized the medical sciences have developed such technology that they realize that you need to be active. You need to be moving. That's what this is talking about. You, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. If you're continually working on, if you're continually having that discipline, if you're continually looking in the mirror, reflecting on the fact that you are not perfect, the fact that you have issues that you need to correct and you're correcting them, you can walk alongside that other brother or sister and help them. That same judgment that you are judging is a judgment with which you will be judged. So don't be a hypocrite. That same judgment that you are judged with is the judgment that you will be judged with. That's all I have. Thank you all for your attention. I appreciate it.